everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of the Ringside Rundown podcast, brought to you by TWN.news and the Wrestling Chronicle. Representing the Wrestling Chronicle, my name is Eric Vasquez, and joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. Yes, that actually rhymes. You've been doing it for a long time. Her name is Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on? Uh, not too much. I can't really complain. Uh, besides that, that intro never gets old. I'll say no. that it's always it always makes me laugh before we start. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I can't really uh, can't complain. Um, survived the storm. The East Coast caught yesterday because, of course. Yeah, we, we got a little bit of flurries, but nothing substantial. Yeah, you're lucky. We got ice and snow and slush and rain and you know where was all the snow for christmas but (laughs) apparently i didn't get what i wanted clearly but i can't complain it's not too bad no 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 uh well we are coming up on the super bowl you got any super bowl predictions for us not cincinnati not since you know oh well yeah you're a steelers fan absolutely not cincinnati so yeah you're a steelers fan so that makes a lot of sense i don't get i don't get how since how how i don't know that's just my mini rant is I don't know why any Steelers fan would want Cincinnati to win because they're rivals. They hate us. They wouldn't cheer for us. So why would we cheer for them? It, it's weird, but yeah. It is weird. It is weird. Well, uh, contrary to what you are listening to, if you're a new listener, this is a wrestling podcast. We just like to open it up with a little something different. Always you know, sports. Just, always sports, you know, because we're both sports fans. So we try to mix it up a little bit, make it more engaging. But for a new listener, they might be a little confused. They might be looking for some <laughs> wrestling talk. Uh, but, but we're, we're going to give you the wrestling talk. And this week, this week, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I always try to be transparent with you guys. We always know, you know, we're kind of down on the WWE product right now. This week was oh so hard to just retain anything to be like, this is substantial to talk about for the podcast this is something we have to discuss because it just felt like the show was just catered around one thing and then the rest of it was just three hours of mush i'm talking about raw um you know it it started off hot raw opens up with brock lesnar and bobby lashley going back and forth and i actually went back and watched this segment uh just a little while ago on youtube and i thought it was very interesting for the first time and since this new transformation of Brock Lesnar, I thought he was actually pretty good on the microphone. Which is scary. I, yeah, yeah, it is scary. You know, he was actually kind of entertaining on the, on the microphone. Um, wow. You know, but again, this whole thing, they, they teased the possible match that would happen between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar because Brock came out in his ring gear ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Um but that didn't happen. Um, what do you think of the segment that opened up Raw on Monday? Um, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I think the crowd definitely wanted to see a rematch. And mm-hmm. Lesnar has not wrestled on Raw in a very, very long time. I think it was like 20 years, I think. So people wanted to see it. And that was a good move on like Lashley and MVP's part to just be like, yeah, no, I don't really feel like it today. Because yeah. obviously that makes them mad. But... It, yeah, it. I don't think we're getting a rematch from it with these two. Um, it's. I feel kind of odd because you would think Lesnar would be more mad at um, Heyman because Heyman was the one that cost him, not Lashley. I mean, Lashley just so happened to beat him. Right, which is what he said. What he said on Raw, he said, "I'm not mad at you. I'm actually more mad at Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman for costing me the match. But it's not your fault. You were just there." 
you know, which mad. I thought was pretty <laughs> like interesting. Angry. Yeah, it yeah, was, he's, it he's was still weird. mad. Yeah, he's still he, mad, which is weird because for a guy that is supposed to be mad, he wasn't. Very, he didn't seem very mad. He was, you know, laughing about it, calling it a knee slapper uh, yeah. he, about him re-entering the Royal Rumble and winning yeah. it. Uh, uh, apparently, his plan is he wants to unify the titles. So oh. the re- that's the, <laughs> that Why? is the reason. And, and we won't go into unifying the titles just yet because I think that's one of our questions for later on in the show. So we'll save it for there. But Rome, uh, Brock Lesnar's plan is to beat Roman Reigns for the uh, Universal title, but also beat Bobby Lashley for the WWE title and unify the titles. I don't know how I feel about that, though. I feel like you would want to top the guys on either brand, but clearly with the way their storytelling and stuff's going, I don't really know if they can do that because if they have one good storyline, they kind of forget about everything else. So I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be weird, but I feel well, but then again, even if they're hinting at it, that doesn't mean they're going to actually do it. That's true. They could just be throwing in a little curveball because there's WWE. They do love doing that, whether we like yeah. it or not, but yeah, and then of course Pierce put Lesnar in the elimination chambers. So it's like, all right, we already know who's probably going to win that one. It's just it's so predictable. I don't. And like he it. did. He didn't even have to qualify like everybody else did. Yes, and that's what annoys me because this happens again every time he comes back. It's always okay. Well, we'll just hand you all this stuff, and people just eat it up, and I don't understand it. It's ridiculous because we saw something else that happened on SmackDown that we'll get to later that really pissed a lot of people off, and it literally was the same exact thing. Just a different cone of paint on it. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait. But uh, other stuff that happened on Raw, uh, Nikki A.S.H. versus Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley gets the win with the Riptide there. Then we have Miz versus Dominic Mysterio. The Miz gets the win over Dominic Mysterio. A lot of this stuff is just kind of filler. You know, this is why I'm kind of breezing through it. One thing that surprised me, Austin Theory beat Kevin Owens to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, and oh my goodness, when he, when Theory like threw the back of KO's head into the steps, that looked fucking brutal. That yeah, looked so bad. It did, it did. It kind of looked something like, like a rookie mistake. Yeah, but it's almost, was that on purpose or what? I don't know, but ow, <laughs> it looked I, painful. Yeah, it's just, it's, I'm just shocked and surprised that Theory picked up the win with the ATL, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty clean. No problem, yeah. and he qualifies for the uh, Elimination Chamber. So that was, uh, you know, interesting in itself. We had Dolph Ziggler take on Angelo Dawkins in a pretty quick match. That wasn't anything, uh, you know, substantial or yeah. noteworthy. Otis versus Riddle. This was the, the, they're doing the whole thing where they're taking on each other in a academic, what, triathlon, I guess you would call it. I, I think. I think, that's what that, I think that's what that's supposed to be. I don't know. I was more interested and in not in the scooter race and what happened in the scooter race, but what happened in the match. I thought the match was really good. I thought Otis was really good um, being that big guy. Rather than being someone who's out there trying to put together moves, he knew his strength. He knew his power would overcome Riddle. Uh, but Riddle ends up getting the win and, and moving on um, for the uh, Elimination Chamber qualifier, which, uh, which was pretty cool. So Riddle's in there. Riddle was someone that was slated 
as they say, rumored Mm -hmm. to be the winner of the Royal Rumble before Brock Lesnar was chosen and entered the Royal Rumble. What do you think about them maybe elevating uh, Riddle up in the card? I mean, I... I'll be honest. I've never really been the biggest fan of Riddle. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. It's just never been like over the top my favorite. But it, I guess it kind of surprised me that he was a favorite to win the Rumble. But then again, it wasn't because this year's Rumble, no one really could pick who the top like front runner was in the men's Rumble. Mm-hmm. And then, as we said last episode, when Lesnar came out, it was just completely just deflated and everyone just hated the match for clear reasons because it was just boring. I think that was mm-hmm. how it was. It was just boring. Women, I think this time definitely the women's Mount Rumble was better, but still not a whole lot because the surprises were very minimal on both sides. So, yeah, Riddle, I mean, he's more than capable of being in the main event scene. Don't get me wrong. Just because mm-hmm. I'm not a fan, I can at least admit that he can be in the main event scene when they want that's, him to be. That's the good part about our podcast is that we we don't necessarily say that our opinions are the end all be all of all wrestling opinions. We know that wrestling, (laughs) we know that wrestling is subjective and people like different things, you know? So, you know, a lot of people are high on riddle, no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, it's interesting to see how they are going to put this together they are actually having the qualifier matches for the uh, Elimination Chamber. Another qualifier match was AJ Styles, who beat Rey Mysterio to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. So he's going to be in it as well. This all goes down. Remember, the Elimination Chamber uh, premium live event, what they're calling yeah, it now. It's so weird. <laughs> it I don't know how I feel about that. It's gonna get. It's gonna take some time to get used to. We're not. We're not used to calling pay per views premium live events. No, not at all. <laughs> but that's going to take place in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia in two weeks, I believe. We have uh, Elimination Chamber coming up. Yeah, it's uh, quick. Yeah, it is coming up quick. Ronda Rousey didn't make her choice for her Mania opponent, uh, but said she will do so on SmackDown. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. That's definitely going to give us a good rant to go on, I guess you could say. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Even just the, like, her promo segment, too. I don't know what it is. I think she's pretty decent in the ring. Don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is with her promo sometimes, but they come across just so rehearsed and wooden and... I wouldn't say... Robotic. Yeah, robotic. And this was no different. And a lot of people were really expecting Becky to be her choice and Becky even expected it too. came out and started gloating. And then obviously almost gets her arm snapped in half by Rhonda. And then we have to wait till this Friday, which I, it made sense. Cause it's like, oh, okay. Like build up the tension. Oh, mm-hmm. who's Who's she going to pick? And then it, it happened. And again, we'll talk about that on SmackDown, but yeah, it was it was fine. It it was functional, I guess. It was functional. Well, that's not the only thing that happened. Lita makes a surprise appearance and uh, challenges Becky Lynch to a match at Elimination Chamber, which Becky accepts to close out the show. This is going to be really, really interesting because we always know how polarizing the women's matches in Saudi Arabia can be, and yeah. this is no different. Uh, Lita, uh, the tattooed, <laughs> thong-showing trailblazer legend that she is uh having a match in saudi arabia they'll both be covered up head to toe you know that you know for a fact which is like it's a shame and i hate that and that's a whole other rant for a different episode because it's like 
as someone who has <laughs> tattoos, I find it very dumb that there's still mm. that stigma and judgment around them because, I mean, obviously that's just one minor thing that adds to the bigger, horrifying, problematic picture of Saudi Arabia, but it's just like stuff like that. I don't understand. It, I, I really just don't understand because it's just stupid. It's just a stupid thing to be judgmental about. And yeah. I hate that there's still a stigma around women of you have to look a certain way and act a certain way. And if not, then you're just ostracized, I guess would be the word. I just, I don't know. I hate it. It's dumb. And they can parade those stupid promotional videos around Saudi Arabia <laughs> during the show all they want. They're not as progressive as they say they are. And it's very obvious, but... It, this kind of this kind of goes back to what our good friend uh, Mike Simpson was telling us on Twitter about Paul Heyman's appearance on After the Bell. He, uh, Paul Heyman did a really good job. I didn't listen to it just yet, but I heard that Paul Heyman did a really, really good job of explaining how WWE tries to stay ahead of the curve and tries to be more progressive. But but we can't yeah. deny that they do these things, these promotional tactics, not only the Saudi Arabia stuff, but you look at like Susan G. Komen things yeah. like that yeah. and it's it's like it's two steps forward three steps back you know yeah it's almost like hey look at this thing that we're doing and just completely ignore the fact that we're going to be doing saudi arabia shows for like 10 years <laughs> yeah but i'm i'm really interested in a lita versus becky lynch match oh yes i i think that that's wrestlemania worthy if yeah. anything it, which is kind of weird i think it's a dream I, match it is a dream match, and I and you know we all know what happened on SmackDown, but we can. I honestly think there are going to be more legends that are coming through because simply, like I've been saying for weeks on this podcast, the women's division is paper thin. They yeah. really don't have a lot yeah. going on, so they have to actually call these legends and and these women's like Beth Phoenix, Lita, and, and the women's Royal Rumble, like what we saw, and have them come back and try to do something to fill up some time yeah and it's just um it's so tough because like we've said before i mm -hmm. like seeing when they come back it's like lita and them because obviously i said last time lita was the one woman's wrestler that i actually like, related to back in the day because there were very few of what very few women like her back mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. but it's also it's a double-edged sword because yeah it's great you get the nostalgia whatever but then it also shows or shines light on the glaring problem the wwe continues to have where they just refuse and that's basically what it seems like at this point there's really no other way around that they refuse to try and make newer stars because oh well we can just parade some other legend out and everyone's gonna love it and we're just gonna ignore the fact that okay well when they're gone we have terrible storylines with the women because you keep recycling the same ones over and over again at some point you need to start establishing more of these women on the roster and also stop cutting them because that kind of helps too when you actually have a roster to uh shine a spotlight on Mm -hmm. why do you, you can't do that now but you still have women that you're not using you're literally not using a good portion of these to the best of their abilities let's put it that way there's a difference between using them and then actually worthwhile using them mm -hmm. where's Shayna baszler been naomi for years now has been horribly underutilized mm -hmm. 
Rhea Ripley does not deserve what they're doing with her right now. Nikki A.S.H. does too. She was so much better as like crazy Nikki. Mm-hmm. What is the problem? Like, what is the problem? I think being that it's WWE and everybody has to be a character, you know, yeah. it, and, and you realize the funny part about that is those who are not characters are the ones that are being shown so much in the spotlight, like yeah. Becky Lynch, like Charlotte Flair, like Bianca Belair. Those aren't characters. Those are actual people. Yeah. So it, it makes you think like, why can't we get more of a, more of a people, a person that's not a character like Rhea Ripley, let more yeah. of her shine through than, than a character. Same thing with Nikki A.S.H. Like you said, it was so much better. She was so much better as that crazy Nikki character. And I know that Nikki A.S.H. was kind of her uh, input as well. It just, it just, for, for people like us, it, it just doesn't fit well. Maybe with, with kids, yeah, you know, but we're, you know, we're not kids. So it's kind of tough for us to relate to. I also wouldn't have even been surprised if she basically did that out of necessity because they probably told her, unless you come up with something new, we literally have nothing with you. Which yeah, is that, shame. That's a very good point. But it is, it is true. Like you, you said, like, what about uh, Shayna Baszler and, and things like that? And then what about some people from NXT who's been there for so long? There's really not much for them left to do. People like uh, Dakota Kai, people like uh, Raquel Gonzalez. That yeah, could sure be... I. Io Shirai is another one that could be used on the main roster that could definitely do some good stuff. You know, you you need you need people, you need bodies, which is crazy to say, but I feel like we say it every week. They're putting all their eggs in same small baskets and it's kind of overflowing and getting in the way of their creativity. And you kind of have to add the caveat to you need bodies, but you also need to use them properly. You can't just okay, we're just going to throw you guys out there and we have nothing for you and we're going to give you the most basic, boring-ass storyline ever and, yeah, have fun with it. And then wonder why it's not working months later. So it's like you actually have to use these women properly to the best of their abilities. And, again, they just refuse to do it. And I don't know why. Yeah, it's it's and it makes you wonder: Does WWE have a nostalgia problem? Like I said, I'm I'm interested in seeing Becky Lynch versus Lita. I think that'll be a great match, and I'm excited to see it. But you kind of wonder: Well, there could have been Lita's taking a spot from someone like Shayna Baszler, yeah. from Naomi, from anybody on the roster, Liv Morgan, mm-hmm. basically because they can't carry their entire women's division. They can only carry one or two women into Saudi Arabia which is crazy in itself, you know? So it's like Lita's taking a spot from someone. And it's it's not Lita's fault. I'm not like, you know, I'm not like beating down Lita for it. She's just doing her job, you know? And and like I said, I'm excited for the match. It just kind of makes you wonder if WWE has a nostalgia problem. Yeah, and I think we know the answer to that question. They definitely do, especially when it comes around time for the Saudi Arabia shows. Yeah. Uh, I don't we're, know we're, what it is, we're, but... We're, and we're not done with the nostalgia acts, but we'll get to that a no. little bit later. No, we're <laughs> uh, not. Moving on, we go to NXT 2.0, and I got to say, this was a pretty good episode of NXT 2.0. Yeah. I, I actually paid attention to a lot of it, and I actually enjoyed a lot of what they're doing. Maybe they're starting to flesh out things and figuring out okay out of all the new crop of talent that we have that we can use these are the ones we want to feature these are the ones we kind of want to bring in to kind of 
even things out because a lot of times it was like growing pains with yeah. NXT 2.0. So I'm not saying they're they're done just yet, but they're getting a lot of good stuff in there uh, and starting to flesh that out. And that starts off with Diamond Mine taking on Imperium in six man tag action. Ooh, this was this was a good one. This was really good. Brutal, yeah. as you'd expect, because that's just how these two teams are. And it the chemistry. The chemistry was so good. Very good, very good. It almost feels like the Creed brothers are two Gunthers in one. Yeah. Literally. Right? Doesn't it doesn't it feel like it's like yeah. two it's like if they took Gunther and split them and I and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be using Gunther because yeah. there is a as as weird as it sounds, there is a story. He says it, he it's a it's a throwback to uh, I guess his grandfather's name. So yeah. I want to pay pay the proper respect and you know try to use his name Gunther. But to me, it seems like the Creed brothers are two little Gunthers in in one little act, which it's is really dangerous cool. for the rest of that division mm-hmm. because oh my goodness, well, Gunther by himself is already monstrous and just terrifying and then you have the creed brothers who like you said are two basic like basically smaller versions of him Good <laughs> yeah Lord. and and they're on opposite teams and then you you can't forget about roderick strong who who has like an unlimited gas tank you know because you would figure he'd kind of be like kind of misplaced in a match like this with so many big guys and and like the creed brothers and gunther and things like that but he was yeah. in there doing his thing and it, like i said it was a brutal match it was a great like you said they have great chemistry with each other and uh you know it's interesting to see where they're going to go on from this because we all know that imperium are the nxt tag team champions they have to worry about who's going to win the dusty cup yeah you know so keep forgetting that's it, a thing yeah the dusty cup the, the, the dusty cup is kind of weird because every year it was something to look forward to this year it's just kind of yeah. Kind of there. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. It's I don't know why. I think it's also just again the growing pains of 2.0 because for years NXT was already established, so when the Dusty Cup came around it was like, oh, "Okay, we're looking forward to it." But now it's still kind of in transition mode, I guess. And so mm-hmm. now it's like who are you going to pick because there's just it three quarters of the field you don't even know who they are. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. I I was struggling to find a way to explain that sort of growing pains with the Dusty Cup, but like you said, a lot of the field in the Dusty Cup, you don't know who they are. So hopefully, this could be a springboard into introducing new characters, new talent on TV. Hopefully. Um, hopefully, at Vengeance Day, Toxic Attraction will put the women's tag team titles on the line against Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Uh, Kaylee Ray comes out and wants her shot. And Mandy Rose and the NXT Women's Championship. And Kaylee Ray was out there tormenting poor Mandy Rose throughout the entire show. Kaylee Ray coming from NXT UK to NXT and getting her shot is really refreshing to see. Uh, Yeah, because I've said for a while she is very underrated with what she does. She's technically fantastic in the ring. Mm -hmm. She's very believable on her promos. And oh my God, the chaotic energy she was bringing in Mm -hmm. this was insane. Just chasing her all over Mm -hmm. the Capitol Wrestling Center, throwing, what was it, like... Spaghetti. Spaghetti and cake and like hijacking Mm -hmm. the van and just kidnapping Gigi Dolan Mm -hmm. and JC Jane. Because, you know, that's normal stuff. And But I will say, I, I don't know if this is just me. I feel like it's not, but... 
they have literally made Mandy Rose more shallow than she already was. Because oh, wow. Why do we literally have to hear week after week the same promo from her over and over and over again? We get it. You think you're attractive. And that's it. That's literally it. Like it's, what? It's so bland. And it's boring. basically it's it's Sable's heel act. It's yeah. all the women want to be me and all the men want to be with me. Yeah, and it kind of mixed in with like Carmel's I'm the most beautiful woman in all of WWE stuff. Like, yeah. So dumb. And these it makes you wonder if they the NXT starting to realize that they don't really have a whole lot with her because I mean you could easily see Kaylee Ray beating her. I hope yeah. she does. But <laughs> it's just like why are we supposed to be interested in her again? Right. I was just gonna say, I feel like Mandy Rose might be a transition champion. You yeah, know? apparently a longer transition than we were hoping for because she's yeah. been a champion for months now, I think. Yeah, at least they can sit there and say, like, she had a definitive reign. We didn't slouch her. We we promoted her. We showcased her a lot. You know, she did her thing. But, you know, you can yeah. still call it a transitional champion. Yeah, and it's like, I, I said it when she won the title, and I'll still say it because it's not like she's proved me wrong since she just doesn't hmm, i feel like this could be a very dangerous phrase if i word it this way (laughs) she's not championship material i don't think she is yeah she's improved in the ring yeah she dyed her hair so she's not blonde anymore but it's still the same same character new coat of paint like i literally talked about with raw and smackdown which again we'll get to that later but there's nothing different about her except you, I dyed my hair, so I'm more dangerous, but I'm still, like, God's greatest creation. And yeah. you just look at, and I go back to every time, you look at the other NXT Women's Champions before her, her mm-hmm. name does not fit on that list at all. Like, you, again, you look at Shayna Baszler, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey. Ember um, Moon, Ember Oscar, like it's not, and then Mandy, like. Well, okay. that's the, that's the whole thing with NXT 2.0 is that they're just trying to make it a more developmental version of WWE programming with this new people that are in charge. We we don't really, I don't even know who's in charge of NXT 2.0 right now. I used to, we used to know I, it, it was all Triple H and his. Uh, group of of people backstage that was making things happen they seem to be pretty secretive about who makes what happen in nxt 2.0 yeah and i it's just a shame to see because i again i think it's just tough for us because we saw what nxt was and Mm -hmm. to see what it has become just hurts and i don't think it'll ever really get over that i think it's safe to say but yeah it's uh it's a shame but that's 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 funny you put it that way that we would never i don't know it's going to take us a long time to get over just being abandoned by the black and yellow brand you know like it's just thrown to the wayside yeah exactly yeah uh raquel gonzalez defeated cora jade we all know cora jade has been wanting raquel gonzalez to be her tag team partner in the women's dusty cup and raquel wants no part of it those two had a match raquel wins with the chingona bomb but afterwards she helps uh cora jade to her feet and they all walk out together all happy go lucky this was kind of like a classic sort of wrestling angle where you know the underdog was overpowered but at the end of the day the the big one uh, had 
some respect for the underdog going out. Yeah, and it really was a good match. Again, I'll give credit where credit's due. I've never been a Raquel Gonzalez fan either, but mm-hmm. this was pretty good. And I'm glad that NXT is finally... Because I talked about this before. I was worried that they weren't going to do this, but I'm glad that they moved away from Cora kind of being... I'm just happy to be here and I win every match I have by a roll up because I just got lucky and they Mm. actually are letting her showcase why she's in the position she's in and she's good and it just gets better week after week. And it's just a shame because you see this. And then when we get to SmackDown, we can talk about how you use this kind of persona the wrong way where it's, I'm just happy to be here. Happy go lucky. And I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do, but we'll save that for uh, yeah. we'll save that for SmackDown. No, uh, but it's good to see Cora getting these opportunities and actually shining in them. So it's and obviously their favorites already to win the Dusty Cup because who else is there? Yeah, we we don't know any teams uh, for the Women's Dusty Cup. I am kind of excited that they're kind of separating it and not doing it at the same time of the Men's Dusty Cup kind of giving it its own little time to shine. So I thought that's a pretty good idea from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Uh, all right. And uh, we're going to f- hopefully see the end of this rivalry between Tony D'Angelo and Pete Dunne. They're going to uh, have a steel cage match. I don't know when, probably at Vengeance Day, I would assume. But mm-hmm. they're setting up for a steel cage match. Also, Saray had her return match against Kayla Inlay. And I know last week you were worried that they were going to overhaul the character of Saray. It yeah. really did. It really didn't look like they did. Maybe just giving her a, something, a, a little something to make her a little bit more interesting with the necklace. Uh, but she didn't go, she didn't go out there like the Japanese schoolgirl. She kind of transformed yeah. into the warrior of the sun when she came out, which I thought was a pretty cool transition. I think you and I both know that, this would not be, I wouldn't be surprised if this is what they do to her on the main roster because you say they love their big characters and like the superheroes, and that's kind of a superhero thing that she did. She had her schoolgirl, which I'm still not really a fan of because again, I just find it a little stereotypical. But so apparently, the necklace has magical powers, and then she transforms into the Warrior of the Sun because that gear was cool. That was good. She yeah. Was, the, like the transition was good. So it's like I was pleasantly surprised about that. I just still am not really a fan of the whole schoolgirl school thing. But mm-hmm. I just am afraid that um, if she goes up to the main roster, they're going to not be able to help themselves and go way too far with the stereotypes because they love their stereotypes. That they do. And I'm worried about it. But what and the match itself was good. Like She looked really good, um, completely overwhelmed in lay after a while. But I was um, more interested in what happened after the match backstage. Because um, Dakota was out giving her friendly advice because, you know, she's a good person just giving people advice about it. Sure she is. <laughs> because she's out of the goodness of her heart. What can I say? But, um, right. <laughs> but we're getting these two next week. And I cannot be more excited for that one because the first time these two wrestled was great. Yeah, they seem to have very good chemistry. Um, we all know Dakota Kai um, spent extensive amount of time in Japan, too. Yep. So she she's uh, well-versed, and she can definitely hold her own against Saray. Um, it's going to be a good match. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I can't either. Like that's that. I, we always say we need something that makes us look forward to watching that show, and that is the one thing that is making me want to watch NXT next week is Dakota and, Sh- and Saray because I know they're going to just tear the house down. 
I agree. I agree. Definitely, for sure. Uh, Joe Gacy defeated LA Knight thanks to a sneak attack from Grayson Waller. So it looks like we're getting more LA Knight and Grayson Waller stuff. Uh, Wendy Chu defeated Amari Miller. Andre Chase defeated Draco Anthony in his debut match. Uh, Draco's debut match, pinning him after hitting a hammerlock flatliner. So they went against the grain this time. They didn't have the debuting superstar get the win like I thought they were going to be doing. Um, they've been promoting Draco Anthony for a couple weeks now. We yeah. see he has a military background. He's well put together. He has a very nice physique. And he probably could be someone that's going to be um, used heavily in NXT 2.0, but he didn't get the win this time against Andre Chase. It just seemed generic. It was just, he didn't even, that's what I don't understand. Like you said, they spent weeks building this guy up and then he comes out and it's like, there was nothing. There was nothing for him to stand out. There was nothing that made him stand out at all. It was just not good. Um, I mean, people are loving, like, the whole Chase thing. That one, it's funny. Like, the uh-huh. professor or whatever. But, yeah, I don't really know about that one. But that's another growing pain, apparently, if you get used to. But, hey, whatever. <laughs> that's basically the best way to put it. It's like, hey, whatever. Um, Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa defeated Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde of Legado de Fandasma in a pretty standard tag match. There wasn't really much to note of this match. It was just pretty standard uh, work in a tag team show. And then um, to close out the show, Kaylee Ray dropped Mandy Rose with the KLR bomb after Mandy Rose accepts a match for next week. So that's another women's match for next week to get excited for Mandy Rose versus Kaylee Ray. Uh, And I believe the NXT title is on the line for this one. So maybe like we said, we've been predicting, predicting maybe there is a transitional champion going to be happening. Uh, We'll see if our uh, predictions come true. And I know you're hoping for it. I mean, I hope, but I feel like it would be make more sense to do it on a takeover, but, or whatever they call them now, but I don't know. Maybe they're just finally realizing this isn't a good idea, but so close, being it so close to WrestleMania season, I'm not entirely sure they'll actually do it. They might wait, but what you don't really have a whole lot of time because I don't, they're, again, I don't see anybody actually caring about Mandy Rose's champion. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's hard. I'm trying, I'm trying my best to be positive about it because you don't want to be overly negative, but yeah. it just seems like, it's it's all sizzle no steak, basically. Yeah, literally all flash no sizzle. It's literally there you it. go, Barry. There you go. There you go. All flash no sizzle. It makes a lot of sense. But uh, moving on to the other side of the wrestling world, in AEW All Elite Wrestling, we talk about AEW Dynamite, and it's in Chicago. This one was a big one, headlined by MJF versus CM Punk. But we'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, John Moxley took on Wheeler Yuta. Officially, it was supposed to be uh, Brian Kendrick, but Brian Kendrick got in trouble, and yep. he's he's now canceled. We're not even going to mm-hmm. give his situation two minutes to talk about it. It's just not good. So yep. Wheeler Yuta stepped in, and, of course, John Moxley picks up the win in another convincing fashion. He's looking great. Uh, since coming away from his sabbatical and coming back to wrestling, he's looking fantastic. And then he gets pro- uh, he gets a proposal, a weird mm. proposal from Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson said, "What if we trained the future of professional wrestling together?" Oof. I mean, that, oof. that would be something. 
right? I mean, first off, the match wasn't bad. I'm kind of glad they didn't have Moxley just completely run over Yuta like they did last time because yeah. that was just um, not fair to poor Yuta. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love Dan Housen being out there. He put the curse on Moxley, so something might happen now. Oh, he's, he's very evil, obviously, as we as we know. He's very um, nice, but also very evil. Exactly, and very elite too. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, that promo when Danielson said, "Oh, we can teach the future of wrestling together." I couldn't help but get chills because that that was wild. That yeah. was just an absolutely wild promo. I really don't think. <sighs> Moxley doesn't really work well with others, so I really doubt he's going to do that. Or maybe it's like a very short-term kind of thing, and then they just get into a feud. It's going to lead to a feud at some point. It's just a matter of how we're getting there. But you got you got to wonder if Moxley has like PTSD from yeah. the last time he was in a faction, and what what happened after that. Yeah, that was not good for him. So this is oh, that I'm just looking forward to the match these two have because you know it's coming, and oh my god, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. I'm wondering when it's going to happen. That's the thing about AEW is they kind of make things happen and you you're kind of when when you're 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 sitting with bated breath. You're like yes. when is this going to happen? You know? And uh they're just kind of easing us into it, but it should be good stuff. But I thought it was interesting that Brian Danielson from his perspective uh before we get to an actual match, he's trying to get the him and and Moxley to work together which i didn't see coming yeah like it those kind of surprising things are the things that we enjoy as wrestling fans where it's like you don't expect you would have expected danielson to go into that ring and just like challenge him to a fight or just like they get into an all-out brawl and then that happens mm-hmm. like th- nobody expected that at all so that was really good and i think um we're going to enjoy talking about what happened next because yes Yes, let's because. just. Skip, I, I just want to say, let's just skip right over the Dan Lambert and Brandy uh, Rose segment. Okay, because... hold no, hold on, no. I've had, <laughs> I have some feelings about that one. Uh-oh. And did that happen before? I think that happened before. I think it happened after, did it? I thought it happened after. No, it happened I before. I try to there, forget. Uh, I try to forget it, but okay. So my, <laughs> I don't get why they still think this is gonna work because. It just makes no sense. Absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. Because let's think about this for a minute. <laughs> no one likes Dan Lambert or Men of the Year because why would you? You're not you're not supposed to. Right. Why did they think a verbal altercation between him and Brandy Rhodes was gonna work, especially when she's acting as a heel? She clearly was acting as a heel because she couldn't remember where they were. They she thought they were in Cleveland, not Chicago. <laughs> what was the point like i don't yeah that's that was my whole thing it's like what was the point of this it was just like but the whole segment was just like cringe after cringe after cringe and it was just like what are they doing then Paige yeah. Van Zant comes out they they get into a brawl and then the women's locker room empties out it was just like what was the point of all of this i mean i feel like it's very hard to be interested in this, even the Van Zant versus Rhodes match, because I think the only reason people are going to want to see it is to hopefully it, we know it's not going to happen. See Paige <laughs> Van Zant just absolutely destroy Brandy, but it's just oh, like man. the promos were. It just reminded me of those like older promos where we're just going to attack the woman just because she's a woman. Like oh, you have plastic surgery, you're shallow, you're 
just terrible at your job. It's it was just that sophomoric stuff that I just can't get behind because it's just low hanging fruit. Yeah, the same thing. It just for me, it's it's played out. It's annoying, you know? and yeah. we're supposed to care because Cody's a face, but his wife's not. Like I don't understand it. It's it doesn't make you want to watch this like, at all. When the crowd was literally telling Brandy to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know it's not good. And that's not like... And that was completely different from like when MJF, when the crowd tells him to shut the fuck up. That's different. Yeah. They legitimately mean it with Brandy <laughs> because it's just like... What was... I just... That's just the thing it boils down to is what's the point? Because... So you're supposed to boo Dan Lambert because he's Dan Lambert, but you're also supposed to boo brandy but they both don't like each other so what why why is this a thing like i don't i don't get it but well, the match afterwards was great yes let's talk about the match afterwards uh the kings of the black throne malachi black and brody king had another match against well not another match their second match in AEW as a tag team against penta el cerro Miero and pack and this one was pay-per-view worthy. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. It was one of those where, like, it started off hot and just kept going. And, you know, everybody was hitting their spots. They did a great uh, hot tag to uh, Penta. But the one thing I will say, I wish they would have kept the whole blindfold pack thing going a little longer. Yeah. I yeah, thought that was really cool. It was funny because just goaded Malachi right into it. And yeah, they could have played it out a little bit more in the match, but other than that, it was just, Oh, the chemistry, the chemistry was so good. Not even just between Malachi and Brody, because we know they have great chemistry, but especially Malachi and pack. Oh my God. Could you imagine a singles match between these two? I'm, I'm waiting to see if it's going to happen. I um, want to see it happen, but I feel like they're focusing Kings of the Black Throne and maybe the tag team scene, which, I mean, I'd be perfectly okay with anything that, and I'm, I know you'll agree, anything that will end in Malachi holding championship gold, perfectly okay with. Yeah, I feel, sure. feel kind of bad, though, because I feel like it's just going to come at the expense of Jurassic Express because they have the titles right now, and yeah, we're going to see that t- we're going to see that match sooner rather than later, I have a feeling, but any anytime Kings of the Black Throne or anything House of Blacks on the screen, I'm paying attention because we've said a we've literally said it every single time we talk about it. It's just so cool and so creative. Like it's even the little things too. Like I always love when they both come out and the announcers always say honoring the House of Black, not from wherever. It's honoring the House of Black. It's like that stuff I like. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I just uh <laughs> we could spend a whole episode talking about stuff like that we always say for, it but for sure but yeah i think they're on the fast track to possibly um winning the tag team titles i don't see them losing anything in sight and it's almost like they 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 don't it wasn't a dominant victory but when they won and they hit the uh the dante's inferno yes uh penta had the mist in the eyes but yes, when they hit that move it's like it's like end all be all you know like nobody's kicking yeah. out of it which i think is pretty cool they have a protective finisher like that mm-hmm. uh moving on uh nyla rose defeated ruby soho which i, I know you're probably not happy about um i i was surprised i think very because, surprised because i like nyla love ruby obviously but i like nyla too i this seemed really um 
one-sided, which I wasn't expecting because Ruby had a little bit of offense, but it was just like Nyla had almost total control the entire match. Right. But Ruby I, would like mount some sort of offense and then Nyla would just snuff that out. Like it was nothing. Yeah. And it's weird because you figure there's going to have to be a third match between these two because they both have one win over each other. But what do they do after that? Because I really don't see Ruby being in title contention anytime soon because she's already had her shot at Brit. She mm-hmm. lost the chance against Jade. And Nyla has had plenty of title shots lately. And it's like, do you want to see a heel versus heel thing on either side? Because again, she's not going to wrestle Brit because she's had her title or her shot and lost. And mm-hmm. do you really think they're going to actually build up Jade and Nyla together? Because it just would be very odd. I don't know. I mean, it would be a test for Jade, I guess, because Nyla's no one. You don't mess with Nyla. Like, no, for she's sure. She's a powerhouse. So maybe that's what they're maybe leaning towards. But at the expense of Ruby losing another one, I don't know if I'd like that at all. It would be. Eh. That wouldn't sit well with me if Ruby would lose another match like that because. I feel like she's always should be in like the upper mid card and mm-hmm. losing big matches like this is not helpful. No, it isn't. It isn't. But uh, only time will tell. Like I, like you said, I feel like I agree with you. There's a, there's a rubber match incoming. And that's the one thing about AEW too, is that they, they, they experiment with little, little feuds on the side to kind of get people invested in one more than one part of the show, you know? Yeah. Kind of so, like uh, Statlander and Layla Hirsch. Yeah, yeah. It's another thing. They set these little fires. They plant these little seeds to hopefully prosper into something later on down the road um, that'll end up being something bigger, you know, which is cool that they give all these other people shots to shine on TV to see what cards they have. Because we have to remember, this company is still, what, only two and a half years old? Uh, It doesn't seem like it, but yeah, like like the beginning of 2019, I think. So, yeah. 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 So there's so there's still kind of in their infancy, trying to learn their steps. They don't have a really mode of operations like WWE does. We yeah. can't really we can't really pinpoint a lot of things like we can with WWE, um, with AEW. So I guess that's a good thing. And then that leads us into the main event: CM Punk in his hometown of Chicago taking on MJF. This one was long, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> I think that's the only knock on the match. I think it was a little too long. Yeah. Um I, we didn't need that little interlude where uh where um MJF choked out CM Punk and he actually ended up having him pass out because I thought, "Oh my god, that's I literally thought that was the end of the match." Yeah. And I, was just I, like, oh, I did too. Ugh. I will say though, before before I get into that, I I don't know why I keep remembering this, but I always because um, I had Hangman come out before to talk about oh, yes. the match. I forgot about that. Yes, well, and I think I think here's the problem why though, because I don't really think anybody actually thinks uh, Lance Archer is going to win this title because <laughs> number one, it's Hangman. Number two, he's lost every big shot he's had, so I'm not entirely sure why Ooh. everybody thinks it's different now. Ooh, but. Either way, um, we know Hangman's winning regardless, but a Texas death match is going to be uh, painful to watch in a good way. But I loved how when Hangman came out, they always do like those random uh, 
things on like his name card on the screen yeah and I, I loved how it said he doesn't know his flight for tomorrow's already canceled and then literally <laughs> in the promo he's like well i have a flight tomorrow and i don't know if it's canceled or not it's like oh <laughs> hang man it was, it was just funny but um but yeah i don't obviously i don't see archer winning it's gonna be painful it's gonna be crazy um I don't exactly know why he's with Dan Lambert too. It doesn't really make sense, but um, God only knows. But yeah, the uh, MJF versus Punk. I I specifically remember they came back from commercial and MJF's like um, theme music came on, and I look at the clock and it's like a quarter after nine. Yeah, and I'm like, um, is this match literally going to be forty something minutes long? Are they really going to do this? And it was so good, but like you said, it was just long i think that's i think the problem sometimes AEW have has is they fall kind of into that habit of oh well it's a super big match so it has to be like long right right it didn't need to be and i guess the only other problem i had was mjf won literally the same way he has won how many times before with the ring it could have been something different yeah i and the, I, the thing about the thing that throws me off is, is how how big is this ring okay yeah. How how are we supposed to believe that a ring mm-hmm. that's like the size of a of a college uh, of a college graduation ring? It's a doorknob, apparently. How is that? Yeah, like how is that supposed to completely incapacitate someone when they get hit with it? I don't mm-hmm. buy it. It seems like the ring would actually hurt the person wearing it if they use it to punch someone, rather think. than the, rather than the person getting hit with it. But to completely knock CM Punk out, I don't know. Yeah, I don't... It, it's I. I had a feeling MJF was going to win because now he can just completely be way more insufferable and obnoxious than he usually is. With I beat CM Punk in Chicago. No one beat CM Punk in Chicago, but I did it. And I mean, granted, yeah. he needed Wardlow's help. But when are we finally going to see Wardlow just have enough? And just break off from MJF because they have been teasing as like we've said forever. Mm-hmm. We thought it could have possibly happened this time, but we didn't. And I saw it. I loved though how it was such a minor detail that you didn't even see Wardlow like slip MJF the ring until you had to watch it back on replay because I didn't notice it right away. Me either. Me so either. It was, a, it was a good touch, but yeah, it's like guys, come on already. Like we get it. I'm but, not. I'm not mad that CM Punk lost. I, no. He had to have lost at a certain point in his career, or else it would have been kind of weird. But yeah, like MJF needed that, I guess, more than Punk did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, it, to me, it's like I can't believe that he got knocked out by a by a ring. Yeah, that's just like a, yeah, like it's, a piece of jewelry. Yeah. Besides the fact that, like you said, it's not like it was a giant doorknob attached yeah. to his finger. It's just, it's the same thing we've seen MJF win with how many times before. It could have been his last big match. He won it the same way. Exactly. It's like it's not original. So I think those are the only two problems I have with the match. Was a, it was a little too long. It could have you could have easily taken like. 10 11 12 minutes off and it would have been fine for sure if they if they would have started at like 9 40 instead of 9 15 it would have been yeah hell even fine hell even 9 30 it would have been yeah. fine but yeah. yeah so it was too long and the ending was just not original at least for me or it's just i've seen it before so it's like whatever but um 
yeah, other than that, it was a really good match. Like really, it, it really was good. it was a good match, and credit to both men to go that long. Something yeah. we don't usually see that often, only in a couple matches uh, so far, and um, especially for Punk, who's who's still. I mean, he's having all these matches, but to go, you know, 40, 40 plus minutes in a match, you know, against some young kid, and he's yeah. breaking out moves like the Pepsi plunge, which we haven't seen in yeah. years. Yeah, that, that really did look painful. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't hit it like he used to, but he still hit it, which was pretty cool for me as an old school ROH fan. You know, see him hit the Pepsi plunge. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Just the the ending, like you said, was uh, it was all right. It could have been better, way it better. Been better. It could have been better for yeah. sure. Uh, but that concludes AEW Dynamite. So we go over back. It's Friday night, so we start off with SmackDown. And uh, this was just kind of like a carryover from Raw, which is what they do um, for uh, for WrestleMania season. It's like the 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 draft and the brand split; those lines become blurred, and uh, everybody just shows up when they want to. Uh, yeah, we start off with uh, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns reuniting. And the bloodline becoming whole again. Remember last week we said maybe it wasn't a good idea to split Paul Heyman <laughs> from from the bloodline just yet. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully they they reconfigured that and put it back together. But then, as we said earlier, we get another nostalgia act come through, which I didn't see coming. I don't really pay attention to wrestling Twitter as much as I used to, yeah. so I miss these reports of so and so coming back and then putting it all together. Uh, so I was pleasantly or not pleasantly yeah there was no pleasant about that there was nothing there was nothing pleasant about goldberg returning uh and interrupting the bloodline because when i saw him i was just like oh i (laughs) i will be um all right you were transparent earlier in the show so i will be transparent here i did not um watch smackdown this week because um as anybody who pays attention to my twitter might know i um love rupaul's drag race and the new season's on and it's on at eight o'clock every friday so needless to say i was watching drag race (laughs) and i was flipping through twitter during the commercial break and i saw goldberg and literally the first thing i said was again like seriously again i was just like oh i was just like because i don't like because apparently it came out reports earlier in the day that Um, you know he's gonna have a big match and everything like that i didn't even pay attention to that so me either i I, because again i don't really i don't really wrestling twitter is kind of kind of a weird place you know it's a a lot it's a lot yeah it can be overwhelming at times so i tried to take a break and step away from a little bit so i didn't know that goldberg had signed on for a big match um and this is happening in saudi arabia i mean i who asked for this who literally asked for this and okay so remember when we talked about during raw everybody how everyone just loves that lesnar can just do whatever he wants and it's fine and then we mm. literally turn right around and goldberg does the exact same thing and you everyone <laughs> hates him for it so why are these two so different when they're so similar they're literally the same thing different coats of paint except right. one can actually still go in the ring kind of unless <laughs> it's like 10 or 15 minutes and then he starts to get gassed but still the the thing cool. is the thing is i think what it is now is that we're seeing a different side of Lesnar and we're, we're it, it sounds odd, but we're seeing more of him. 
yeah. than we used to when he when he would carry the belt when he carried the belt remember that one time he was the universal champion and we didn't see the universal championship belt for like four months no i don't remember it's just like <laughs> for, that's the reason because it's like you kind of need your type like your top title belt on your top show you know that's a wild concept but it's just but I I get the, I get the sentiment with Goldberg for sure because the last time we saw Goldberg I mean he, he was in Saudi Arabia and he got the win over Bobby Lashley and we were like fine that match went on without a hiccup it was fine it was great it was Please functional that, it was functional so let's let that be the end of Goldberg yeah. for at least the time being I don't I don't I don't get it what maybe is it, what is it with the Saudis and Goldberg. I don't. I was just gonna say maybe the king of Saudi Arabia loves Goldberg or something like that. I, he I, must, but I have a very, very, very bad feeling about Saudi Arabia more than I usually do because again we've talked about a tour blue in the face. It's just trash. What do you think he's gonna beat him? <sighs> yeah, because they can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. And this, I think it's safe to say. Right now, um, on both the men's and women's side, the WrestleMania title picture is kind of all over the place right now. Mm-hmm. It just, just would get even worse if Goldberg beats him. Like, that's... Oh, that would... Um, that'd be a fun uh, episode to record if he beats him, because... <laughs> oh, man. That, that would definitely be something to promote the, the voicemail line. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is actually what I'm, what I'm thinking about doing... Um, for for depending on now that you say that it's kind of weird because we always have these predictions our predictions haven't been as good as last time but that's a scary prediction to have goldberg beat roman reigns in saudi arabia and that's not even talking it into existence because we've seen stupid shit like this before he beat the fiend for the title when he had no business beating the fiend so i wouldn't be surprised but um yeah yeah uh yeah yeah (laughs) i hate it i hate it it's the i I mean I just never was a big Goldberg guy. Me neither. You know, so like when that happened, I was just like, why? Yeah, like, that, that was the next thing. I'm like, why? Like, again, why? I didn't even feel like the crowd was into it at all either. They weren't doing the Goldberg chants. No, and, because they're probably like, why are we doing this again? But they, again, they have a nostalgia <laughs> problem, whether they want to admit it or not. I, don't, I just they, don't think they care at this point. They Yeah, the money's too good. Apparently. The money's too good. Uh, but uh, we had a quick match between Ricochet and Ridge Holland where Ricochet got the win. And then it turned into a tag team match where Ricochet teamed up with Cesaro to take on Sheamus and Rich Holland. Sheamus and Rich Holland ended up getting the win. Uh, I don't know why they would do that. Why, why did it happen? But anyway, uh, moving on. Yeah. Eric from the uh, um, Viking Raiders took on Jimmy from the Usos. And this was another match that was like three minutes long with Jimmy Uso getting the win. These two teams, they're predominantly tag team. So the Usos will be defending the SmackDown tag team titles against the Viking Raiders in Saudi Arabia for uh, Elimination Chamber. Hopefully that match is better than the singles match because there was really nothing to it. It just kind of happened and I'm watching it going, nothing really going on there. You Um, You know what this sounds like? What? This is another filler match. Oh yeah, WrestleMania. it was definitely a it was definitely a filler match. Another oh, filler. The, t- the title match is going to be a filler match too. It's literally going to remind me of Becky and Dewdrop, where they're just waiting for okay, who's the WrestleMania opponent? Because does anyone actually think the Viking Raiders are going to beat the Usos? No, Ooh. which is a shame I, because the Viking Raiders are good. 
yeah, I like the Viking Raiders. So the only thing you can hope for is that they actually do have a good match and we get to show off some, maybe <sighs> some chemistry, you know? That'd be nice because, because they deserve more than how they've been presented. In and WWE. the Usos never really have a bad match. No, so they this, don't. This is why that singles match was kind of perplexing. It was just like three minutes and then it was over and it was just like, if this was how they were planning to build that match up, it didn't really do a good job. No, which we've been saying for how long, especially with the match that happened after it, because I have slight feelings about that. Which, which was... it... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, Aaliyah versus Natalia. Is that the match you were talking about? Yeah, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're on the right page. They're yeah. trying to build this up. And it's it kind of harkens back to what you said earlier. It seems like Aaliyah is just that character that she's portraying is just happy to be there. And I hate it because we literally, like I said earlier, what they're doing with Cora Jade is the complete opposite with what they're doing with Aaliyah because they got mm-hmm. out of it where, okay, she proved herself because she got a few like lucky ones on roll-ups, but now she's actually proving why she's in the spot she's in. Aaliyah can't seem to win a match legitimately, and I, it's dumb. It's so dumb <laughs> because what good is this doing for either of them? Because Natalia is... Uh, Natalia is probably one of the most like technically sound wrestlers mm-hmm. in WWE, man, like man or woman, like without mm-hmm. a doubt. This could be so much better for her if she actually helped Aaliyah become a legitimate wrestler. Mm-hmm. This is just terrible because it's not doing anything to help either of them. Aaliyah, it just looks like she doesn't even belong in a WWE ring. Natty, it just looks like a damn fool week after week, and it just get over it already like we're tired of this like move on from it because this isn't doing anything for anybody no one cares like literally nobody cares and it's just um it's a shame because these are the kind of women's storylines that drive us crazy because it looks like early 2010s shit yeah it was the precursor to give divas a chance um which is basically because people were tired of seeing the women only get two, three minutes to do what they do. And which is not a lot of time. So it yeah. it almost feels like, and we say it every week, we say it every week. If you're not one of the four horsewomen or Bianca Belair, it's just yeah. like what you're just an afterthought. You're one of, you're relegated to those two, three minute segment matches yeah and it's like we've we literally talk about this every week because they just continue to not care about anybody not named the four horsewomen or bianca belair and i just i it's tough because like once oscar comes back that's going to be helpful but then Mm -hmm. i feel like even bailey coming back is going to be great too but it's just going to give them more opportunities to fall back into their old habits because now you're going to have the entirety of the four horsewomen healthy again Mm-hmm. And they just aren't going to be able to help themselves because they haven't shown that they're capable of doing anything else. Like, literally. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Drew McIntyre returns to SmackDown um, after being told he was going to miss WrestleMania with an injury. Uh, he fiends off a, a sneak attack from Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss, dropping Madcap with the Claymore kick. And that was the end of that segment. He said he's going to make Happy Corbin's life a living hell, which is kind of interesting weird to see how much he's regressed since losing the wwe championship kind of back into this middle role with happy corbin and madcap moth 
it's a shame because he is clearly a main event guy. We mm-hmm. know we've seen it. We've literally seen it. He is capable of being a main event guy and he is a main event guy mm-hmm. in the ring, on the mic, everything. So just to see him be stuck in a feud with Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss when WrestleMania is only a few months away is sad. <laughs> it's very yeah. sad because he deserves yeah. way more than this. This is just whatever. Like, I don't even know what you can say about it. It's just, it's there. <laughs> it's there. Uh, next up in a match that I literally blinked and it was like, oh, that actually happened. Shinsuke Nakamura took on Jinder Mahal. Shinsuke Nakamura gets the win. And in two weeks, Shinsuke will be defending the Intercontinental Championship against Sami Zayn, who is on commentary. I, my biggest problem is, did we even remember he had a title? That he was a I, that's what I was, I, that's what I was going to say. Wait. I was just like, I forgot that he was the Intercontinental Champion. I remember reading Bleacher Report's thing, and it says he has not defended that title on TV since September 24th. Damn, that's September, a long time. Like, I get that if you want people to argue that these titles are not secondary titles, you're doing a piss-poor job of it because, again, if you if just a casual fan was watching this, they probably wouldn't even remember Nakamura as a champion, which is... A shame because you look on the other side, Damian Breeze, you know, he's a champion mm-hmm. and they're doing good with him. So it's like, it, it's a shame because the belt deserves better. And so does Nakamura because Nakamura is a great wrestler. We've seen it. We've clearly seen it. His time in NXT, early parts of his like main roster career, he is capable of being a good champion and they are just not presenting him as a good champion at all, which is sad. Yeah, definitely. It's more like he's a comedy act, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Boogs, I mean, and I like Boogs, and I like Boogs, and yeah. I like presentation. I just think that they can be doing more with Nakamura. I think, like you said, he can handle his own in the main event picture exactly. and be be a great champion. They need to definitely elevate that Intercontinental Championship because it's become more of an afterthought, if anything. Yeah, and it's it's a shame. Yeah, um, we also had tag team action. The New Day, Big E and Kofi Kingston took on Los Lotharios. And man, this was a good match. If if there's a match that you missed on SmackDown, it definitely go check this match out because both teams were on fire. It kind of reminded me of the chemistry between the New Day and the Usos. That's how yeah. good it was. Yeah, yeah. so definitely uh, if you missed this match, go run it back and check it out. The New Day end up getting the win, obviously, but we got to see some cool stuff. Like the New Day pull out some different moves and, uh, you know, kind of fighting from underneath. And But they ended up getting the win, hitting the midnight hour. And then that brings us to the end of the show where Ronda Rousey selects her WrestleMania opponent. Um, they did this whole thing where Sonya Deville was in the middle of the ring. Then out comes SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. And she talks about how she's, you know, the queen. She's the opportunity. And that people, uh, you know, obviously they want to face her in WrestleMania. But then she mentions Sasha Banks. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, okay. So Ronda's going to come out. She's going to choose Becky. And then Charlotte is going to wrestle Sasha Banks for some reason. But that doesn't happen. Uh, the 2022 Royal Rumble winner Ronda Rousey comes out to the ring and makes her point to say, I'm challenging you, Charlotte Flair, to a match at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's Championship. What do you, I mean, I know you probably had to go back and watch this on like YouTube or yeah. anything like that. What do you think about this segment? I, 
I was very surprised at first. They definitely swerved us at the beginning because yeah. Oh, Becky said Ronda's her opponent for WrestleMania, and honestly, I think that's what everybody was expecting. Everybody was expecting Ronda versus Becky, and mm-hmm. because we still haven't gotten like the one on one between those two yet. It still hasn't. I'm pretty sure it still hasn't happened, if I remember correctly. Remember, it was supposed to happen, and then she ended up getting concussed by Mm -hmm. Nia Jax. Exactly. So we never got that one-on-one match that everybody wanted, and we already got we already got Charlotte versus Ronda because that was the match at Survivor Series. Charlotte Mm -hmm. was the replacement. So, and I think a lot of people would have liked to see Charlotte and Sasha because that that match writes itself. That storyline writes itself. And but I did like. Um, this was a lot better. This was a lot better segment than, um, Mondays because Mm. I think it's safe to say when you see Ronda Rousey, you want someone to get destroyed by her Mm. and you want to see her at least just come close to, um, kicking her in somebody's ass. And I did like when she's like, I didn't fly halfway across the country in an ice storm just to talk basically. Yeah, like you're not special, and I'll see you at WrestleMania, bitch. I'm like, okay, that okay, that was cool. I'll admit that was cool. And then, um, oh, poor Sonia, that was uh, not smart. I completely forgot about that. That was not smart, but I will say, oh my god, um, if looks could kill that, oh that stare down she had with Charlotte, Rhonda's eyes were just on fire. And she did a great job of showing how much she does not like Charlotte Flair. And it's it's tough because, like we said, her promo sometimes can be very wooden, but her facial expressions are good. Yeah, she's good at, at, at emotionally selling something. Yeah, and she definitely did with that because that stare down those two had were... Um, it was intense for sure. Mm-hmm. Still a little off-put because, again, I just expected to be Charlotte and Sasha and Becky and Ronda, but... Hey, if they can make people get into this match as they would have been with Becky and Ronda, be my guest. But now who's Becky's opponent going to be? Because personally, I was hoping for Becky and Ronda. And then I was hoping for Shayna and Charlotte because these two had their kind of moment before the Rumble. Mm -hmm. So now, okay, so now what are you going to do with them? Which is a whole other mess in and of itself. But now who's Becky going to wrestle? Like... Yeah, and that's the kind of thing, like, that's kind of what had me wondering, like, okay, she's facing Lita at Elimination Chamber. Does that mean that she's going to face another uh, a legend for WrestleMania? No, like, is somebody else going to go? Is it going to be another nostalgia act? I hope not, because, again, just let the women that are actually on your roster be on the biggest show of the year. Mm-hmm. I know that's such apparently a mind-blowing concept, but, like, enough already. We get it. We get the point. Yeah, it's just, huh. I'm just, like I said, I was confused because it, I honestly, the way it made it seem was like Sasha Banks was going to be taking on Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Championship at WrestleMania. And then yeah. Ronda Rousey comes out and is like, no, it's going to be me. And then it's like, okay, cool. I mean, yeah. which is which is her right because she did win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, for me, it's just like, well, why mention Sasha at all then? Exactly. I don't know. It was just, unless she gets added into the match, which I kind of hope they don't because I don't want nah. to be a repeat of the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Here, keep, so yeah. Keep I'd rather keep it, keep it a singles match, 
you know, it should yeah. be a good wrestling match. I've, I I was more anticipating a better wrestling match between yeah. Becky and Ronda, but Ronda and, and, and Charlotte should be a great wrestling match in itself. Oh, absolutely. I can't, I honestly, I, I'll be excited for it. Just, we'll just see how that either lessens or makes me more excited depending on how the storytelling goes, but we'll see. We'll see. And that moves us on to the other side of the wrestling world. Back to All Elite Wrestling for AEW Rampage on Friday night. It's an hour worth of wrestling. And it kicked off with Adam Cole taking on Evil Uno of the Dark Order. Now, the match itself wasn't really anything special. Obviously, Cole gets the win. He uh, gets the win when he lowers the boom on the back of the head of Evil Uno. One, two, three. He gets the win. He gets on the microphone. And... He says that you're what he's looking for is respect in AEW. He mm-hmm. hasn't felt like he's gotten it because he's technically undefeated. He lost yeah. to Orange, yeah, he lost to Orange Cassidy last week, but that match was a lights out match, which is unsanctioned by AEW, so it doesn't count. Um, so which technically, yeah, it's smart booking. He's still undefeated and he's looking for respect and he feels like he hasn't gotten it. But not only that, he's looking to be AEW world champion. That was the biggest takeaway from his promo after the match is that he's looking, he's got his eyes set on the AEW championship whenever it happens. It's going to be pretty interesting because he's aligned himself with so many people, including the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. What happens when, if he does win, the AEW World Championship one day and Kenny Omega comes back. That's hmm. going to be a little bit of a, a rift there in the elite. It's going to be a mess, but it's going to be fun to watch. But um, yeah, I was not surprised that he skipped right over the TNT Championship. He's like, no, I want the big championship, which you know what? He he, he could. It's Adam Cole. Like he, It's not even out of the realm of possibility that he could challenge hangman for the title, which that that's going to be a really good match whenever it does happen. Cause you know, it's going to. Yeah, for sure. Um, for but sure. yeah, I felt bad for evil Uno though. Like <laughs> he didn't even get an entrance. So I'm like, well, this match isn't going to be uh, anything special. And it wasn't. Really yeah, wasn't. that's that's kind of the problem with with that's one problem with AEW is that sometimes their matches can be a little bit predictable in yeah. terms of who's going to win the match. And like you said, he really, you know, Evil Uno didn't even get an entrance. He got minimal offense. The match was about eight minutes at most. Yeah. So, you know, it was over and done with nothing noteworthy. Yeah. Um, but we did get a TNT championship match. TNT champion Sammy Guevara took on Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party. And this was a great uh, singles match for Isaiah Cassidy. Obviously, he's primarily a tag team wrestler, but he really got the show in this match. And I thought he did really good. It was re- Yeah, it was really good. Um, but I think um, one of AEW's biggest problems is that if they have like singles matches with people that are in factions, they kind of lean too much on too much going on outside of the ring during the match. Mm-hmm. And that was what this was too. It's like, guys, okay, you don't need all of the like craziness going on outside of the ring because the match itself, like you said, was good. It really was. Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised to see Darby come out at the end to help uh, Sammy even things up. So, Ooh, that that's going to be a good one. Like the current champ going against the former champ. That should yeah. be a really, really good match. But yeah, they really need to just sometimes less is more where, Especially with these factions, apparently, yeah. uh, Andrade, Andrade's whatever faction. Yeah, he doesn't even have a faction. Like, he wants a it faction. Like, it's the A A H O. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I don't even know because it's just like it's so convoluted. Sometimes I kind of hate that 
Yeah. Now we're melding factions together, and it's like, guys, all right, we get the point. Like, please, please stop. That's not please what we stop. meant. That's not what we meant when we said we wanted less factions. Was to put two factions together. That doesn't help. <laughs> it just makes things more complicated. But I don't know. But the match itself was good, which is sad because we're talking too much about what happened afterwards or during the match outside the ring instead of the actual match. But it was good. Yeah, both men came close to winning a few more times before Guevara hit the GTH for the win. Uh, like you said, like we said, it was a good match. Just kind of uh, the outside interference stuff was a little too convoluted uh, yeah. for our liking. Next up, we had Mercedes Martinez make her debut against uh, Thunder Rosa. And this was a really good match. This was kind of scrappy. And oh, yeah. This was definitely scrappy. And then at the end, uh, something we we don't see very often, a match that ends in a purposeful DQ. Ooh, and that pipe sounded painful. It did, didn't it? I, I heard. I, had like to, I was the only one that picked up on that. I had to listen to it a, t- a few times till I actually heard it. But oh my god, that tang it made! Oh, it was. I mean, I will say I was looking forward to this match for a while now because I love Mercedes Martinez. I love Thunder Rosa. I know what these two bring to the ring, and you put them both together, it was gonna be. Uh, I always say brutal, but it was. Mm-hmm. These two did not hold anything back. Um, and you know it's far from over. Like like you said, we don't see disqualifications, like purposeful disqualifications in AW too often. So when they mm-hmm. do, it's pretty a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And we come to find out that um, Mercedes was technically hired by Mark Sterling, but it was all orchestrated by one uh, DMD. Yes, Dr. Britt Baker DMD uh, put up some money to get uh mercedes martinez to take out thunder rosa because that's what Britt baker wanted she wanted thunder rosa taken out so she was a little perturbed at the fact that this match ended in a disqualification and mercedes thought to herself that she did do the job she did take out thunder rosa but it wasn't to Britt baker's liking i feel like i feel like Britt baker wanted uh, wanted Mercedes to win because it would knock Thunder Rosa down a couple pegs in the ratings where she wouldn't be in line for a championship which is really which is smart that's like that's when they actually use the ranking system to their advantage and not just for convoluted reasons but that would is that's it's smart because Mm -hmm. she didn't have to say it flat out it just it made fans realize well why would she be like oh wait a minute yeah and it's like i like when they make you think a little bit mm-hmm. because it's the truth yeah she somewhat took her out but she didn't take her out of the rankings which is what Brip wants because she doesn't want to deal with thunder rosa because i think she's kind of afraid of thunder rosa losing the title to thunder rosa more specifically and i kind of liked how they added the extra little wrinkle in of jamie didn't even know about it jamie hater she's like what are you talking about and mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, I kind of just did that. And Jamie's like, why didn't I get told about that? But now we might get Mercedes Martinez and Jamie Hayter, which I'm excited for that one, too, because, oh, my God, those two will just, like, beat the snot out of each other. What about uh, the line where Britt Baker dropped on Mercedes Martinez? She said that she would be out of AEW mm-hmm. quicker than her last job. I was like, yeah. oh. I'm like, oh, Britt, you went there, didn't you? Britt always seems to Ooh, go there. She does, because, I mean... We didn't really get to talk about it because of the Rumble, but I mean, I absolutely loved her stuff last week as a Pittsburgh sports fan. I, mm-hmm. oh, I was, <laughs> when they said Britt's going to speak in Cleveland, I could not help but think back to when she spoke the last time when she said, you guys now have a baker you can believe in. 
Yeah. So I said, okay, how is she going to like top this? And she went full on just, uh, as we say in Pittsburgh, Yenzer, because she had the Britsburg jacket. She had the black and gold shoes. She had the t- the Britsburg towel. She ended up taking the terrible towel flag from the ringside. <laughs> I loved it because she was just going to rail on Cleveland because anybody who pays attention to like sports in Pittsburgh or Cleveland knows we don't get along with each other. It's like <laughs> Pittsburgh and Philly. Like we don't like, yeah. I can only imagine what Brit's going to do when they go to Philly at some point, because it's going to be insane. But yeah, it's uh, even when, even the backstage promos she has are just really, really good. And I like how it added the, like, again, a wrinkle into, okay, well now what's going to happen when Mercedes gets tired of Brit's uh, demands and tries going after her now, and then you're going to have Thunder Rosa going after her too. So I think Britt's going to be putting herself in a little bit of a pickle. And I can't wait to see it because this is just, this is exciting stuff. It's interesting. Yeah, it's really good. Um, That's the one thing about AEW, especially with their women's division. They kind of, like we said, they plant little seeds here and there everywhere. And it kind of fleshes out. And like we said, it's a really good storyline to say, um, she wanted Mercedes Martinez to take out Thunder Rosa permanently because she wanted her to take her out of the rankings so that way yeah. she wouldn't have to face her. Because remember, the last time they, they met was a lights out match. Yeah. Thunder Rosa ends up getting the win. Mm-hmm. So she has perfectly a good reason to be afraid of Thunder Rosa coming after her AEW World Championship. Yeah, and I cannot wait for that to happen, too. That's going to be it's going to be just as good as their feud was the first time. So it's just going to be a matter of what are they going to do to top this? Because it's going to take a lot because their first feud was easily one of the feuds of the year, if not the feud of the year. So we'll see how they top it. Yeah. And then uh, for the main event of the show, it was for the FTW championship. Jay lethal challenged the champion Ricky Starks in a great match. I love this match. It was just, Fists were flying, and then oh. the end, the very end. That reversal. Uh, that, that reversal. reversal. Oh. One of the cleanest things I've ever seen in my entire life as a wrestling fan. <laughs> Me and my brother were watching it together, and as soon as he hit it, we were just like, oh, buddy. Like, it was just right? one of those things that got you out of your seat. Uh, oh. Starks ends up getting the win, hitting the Rochambeau, countering the lethal injection cutter into the Rochambeau for the win. Whoa, hmm. Jesus. That was just an incredible counter to get the win. It was, and that match, just by itself, there was it was not one-sided. They both got no. plenty of time to shine. And honestly, I think Ricky might have gotten the uh, bigger spotlight than Lethal did, which is surprising because Lethal's the veteran in all this. He's been wrestling for how many years? 20-plus years. Exactly. And Starks showed that he belonged in there, too. And, oh, that... <laughs> that uh, that ending I could watch on loop for like two hours straight and not be tired Same. of it. It was just so good. And just, they made it look so like flawless. It was clean. It was just, it was, just oh, clean, clean so transition good. into the win. Um, and yeah, Ricky Starks is like very underrated. Yes. Very underrated. So it's good to see him get a little bit of shine. I want them to actually use the FTW title a little bit more. Give him a little bit more title defenses. Yeah. I think he's he's way better in the ring suited in the ring than than commentary. I don't know if maybe it's an injury wise because he yeah. did have a stinger with his neck. So they'll be maybe being a little bit cautious. Maybe. But when when he can pull out performances like that, uh, you you definitely want to see more of it. Oh, I do. I really do. And 
it was, I mean, you knew, kind of knew what was going to happen because FTW championship is more of like a heel championship and it's mm-hmm. just, you kind of can't really see it going anywhere outside of like team Taz, but God, it was so good. It was just so good. And like you said, I want to see more of Ricky Starks. I mean, he's great on commentary. Don't get me wrong, but he can wrestle. He can really wrestle. And this match proved that fully. So hell, he could even get out of team Taz and be just as good on his own. He doesn't need team Taz. Ooh. At least I don't think he does, but I mean, but uh, he's good on his own, but his like his little like interactions with powerhouse Hobbs are good too. So yeah, but yeah, Ricky, Ricky is definitely a star in the making. It's just a matter of when they're going to actually give him that big opportunity, like another, like a shot at the TNT championship or something. But yeah, I like Ricky a lot. Good, good. Uh, And that concludes our recap of AEW Rampage, which concludes our recaps of everything that has happened in the week for WWE and AEW. So that brings, am I forgetting anything before we move Um, on to the next segment? I think we're good. All right. So moving on to the next segment, it's our favorite segment of the show where we get to answer some of your questions. And I'm pretty sure we have a lot of questions this week. We do actually. We got, let me pull them up again. Twitter always likes to just get rid of them when I try to leave them on. Okay, so <laughs> let's start with, um, uh, let's just go in order. Let's start with mom's questions. So All right. um, thank you, as always, for the questions. <laughs> what are, were our thoughts on MJF beating CM Punk in Chicago? That was a big thing, um, yeah. getting the win in Chicago. Like I said, I felt like it was, it was smart, yeah. um, but I felt like it was a little bit, watered down because of the match stoppage that mm-hmm. happened earlier in in the match the where where he kind of choked him out with the yeah. the wrist tape and the referee call for the bell i felt like that took all the air out of the 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 match which is what you wanted you wanted that you know like sort yeah. of all the air being driven out but i felt like being that they did it the first time they they kind of killed themselves the second time. Well, and I feel like too when you see something like that happen, it's almost always a guarantee that the good guy's gonna end up winning. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of weird, but yeah, I totally agree. They didn't again. It was sometimes a AEW kind of goes a little too overboard with stuff. Right. If MJF would have just flat out beat him without that extra like ending fake ending, it would have mm-hmm. been so much better. If they would have got the reaction that they got the first, yeah, the first time. Yeah, like you. They, hmm. <laughs> yeah, they would have got they would have got that reaction, um, which is the reaction that you would want if that's the if that's the way you want to go. If you want to have MJF beat CM Punk in Chicago, yeah. um, the way to do it and the reaction that you want is the reaction that they got the first time. Yeah. However, exactly. that's not what they were doing. They kind of got in their own foot, you know, like they tripped yeah. over their own feet. Yeah, they literally shot themselves in the foot with that. That was, yeah. Luckily, the match was still pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was just, again, it was a shame because it could have been even better if all that stuff included hadn't happened. But I kind of wasn't surprised that it happened because Mm -hmm. MJF just keeps having these, like, big moments. So, I mean, and Punk was going to lose eventually. So it's just, it didn't surprise me that it was MJF because it does it's job because now people are going to hate MJF even more. He's going to be even more insufferable because all he's going to say is that I beat punk in Chicago and he's not going to shut up about it. And people are going to hate him even more for it. So it works. He was, he was playing such a great heel the whole way through too. I always, I I love the the fact that he came out 
in Yankee pinstripes in yes. Chicago. Yes. Which I thought was, was as a Yankees fan, as someone from the Bronx, I thought that was yeah. beautiful and beautiful right. touch. Um, but you know, he was in, I want to know, cause at the end of the match, uh, they whispered something to each other. Yeah. The they were, they it. were, yeah, they were laying there for too long. So, you know, they were saying something. <laughs> they were saying something to each other. So I want to know what was said, right. you know, that would, that'd be a little, one of those things you wish you were a fly on the wall or somewhere exactly. in the ring where you could hear what was said, but the match was great. Just, uh, they would have got the reaction if they didn't do the first fall like the way they did it. And then they had to restart the match and yeah. all, the, all that other stuff. Yeah. So, like, yeah, very good. Just could have been could have been better, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> all right. So this one I know she's been wanting us to talk about um, since she asked it. Do we see the potential internal implosion of the McMahon family with Shane getting fired, basically, and... The supposed rumor, I don't know if you heard this, but she said she heard on Busted Open that the there's a rumor going around of Triple H possibly buying Ring of Honor. I didn't hear the rumor, but there are a couple people, a couple one of those wrestling elitist people that yeah. kind of like to tweet in vague terms. Yeah. And they're, ta- they're talking about ROH struggling to, to scrub all the copyright and music off their tape library. Yeah. yeah. So... So someone was like, well, just give it to another company to do. That other company would be WWE. They could definitely mm-hmm. take the reins and take care of that. Um, I love your mom because she has this fascination with, like, <laughs> Triple H going against the family. Going right. I think it's, it's because she it, wants it to happen. <laughs> it's like it's like a perfect mafia tale. Right. You know? <laughs> like, it it, it know. really is. And, yeah, um, I mean, would it be cool to see? Yes, I'm not entirely sure if it'll happen, but oh my goodness, the stuff with <laughs> the stuff with Shane was a little wild. The stuff with and I'm still reading stuff about Shane. They said that yeah. it's 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 it was really really bad. It yeah, was really I, bad. I think from what I heard, I'm sure you probably heard the same. Was he produced? Was a big part of producing the Men's Rumble. People were not happy about it. He um. It almost sounded like he was more worried about what he was doing in the Rumble than what the actual Rumble was, like, what was right? going on in it. And yeah. then Vince kept shooting his ideas down, and he got real pissy about it, got really unprofessional about it, probably threw a temper tantrum, and so they just kind of got rid of him. So it was insane. Like, what is going on? <laughs> this would make for a great TV drama. We need a documentary about this. WWE this loves a documentary, so. <laughs> but, I mean, this would be great. I mean, I'm, I know that there's that show Heels, but this is. Oh, yeah, which is so, good. So, which is good, but, I mean, this would be uh, something around the McMahon family, like yeah. a TV drama. Oh, that would be. Yeah. Oof. Oof, man. And from what Especially- I've seen, I've actually seen, um, I've been able to watch like the first, I think like two or three episodes of Heels and it's really good. I would recommend really? it. Yeah. I think the problem is we, I think we're not subscribed to stars. So we only get like the first like three episodes. So we don't get to see anything unless we subscribe. But from what I've seen, it's really, really good. I would. Got I definitely it. have to check that out. But man, I, I, I feel so like, what is going on with Triple H? It's almost yeah. like he's just gone ghost. Like they've wiped him out of existence. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel really bad because he is just getting the shaft right now. But where where is he? It's almost like we have to put him on a milk carton. Yeah, on, I think we might have to. 
haven't we haven't heard about him yeah we haven't heard from him no we haven't had any input uh nobody's tried to track him down a journalist or somebody anybody anybody someone there, go find maybe. him hire a private yeah. investigator or something like where in the world is triple h honestly i need we need it we, we, we need, need triple, triple h, h. Back. we do <laughs> it's it's sad um god <laughs> all right so we go next to uh one of our most lo- loyal listeners uh mike which we always appreciate his feedback and support and just like everybody's um he first question was how good was ray versus aj he'd take that match at mania any day i agree that that should be a match at mania that would be a great match at mania i felt like didn't they try to do a feud between the two before and it just kind of fell flat i think i think like they did but again it's another instance of if they just had proper storytelling it would have been completely different but yeah those two are so good in the ring i'd love to see that at wrestlemania yeah, for sure. I mean, we like we say about AJ Styles, he could wrestle a wet paper bag and it'd still be good. But the same yeah. thing could be said about a literal legend yeah. uh, in Rey Mysterio. That's why the match was so good, because these two can wrestle anyone with their eyes closed and it yep. would be great. So yes. that's what made the match so good. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I totally agree with him. Um, so good. I would definitely take that at Mania any day of the week. Um were we surprised Punk and MJF didn't do a record number for AEW? Um, I feel like, again, with the ending and the false finish, it definitely hurt it. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely did not help. And again, the fact that it was super long for TV standards, um, which is a shame because, again, it was a good match. It just kind of, they shot themselves in the foot with it because it could have been so much better. The false finish killed it, man. Yeah, it did. Um, oh, and a follow-up question to it. Was it a mis- misstep not to save it for pay-per-view like Revolution? Yeah, I agree. I, I honestly think it was a... They could have saved that for Revolution. It would have been fine. Mm-hmm. I think... I think that's the one thing that AEW does that's a good thing, especially for them being in their infancy, is that they give us pay-per-view quality matches on TV. Yeah. You know, which is a good thing. Yeah. But this would have been great on a pay-per-view setting. It almost had the build of a pay-per-view match. Yeah, exactly. So I was very surprised that they actually had this. I mean, get, I get the beating Punk in Chicago because no one beats Punk in Chicago thing. I feel mm-hmm. like that was why they did it, but they could have easily had this for Revolution and it would have been just as good. It probably not better because I feel like they wouldn't have felt the need to do all these convoluted things on a pay-per-view. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, I I definitely would have saved it for pay-per-view. Um we've definitely talked about what they could have done better with that match. Um how good was Imperium versus Diamond Mine? It was very physical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. I I can watch those teams go at it, you know, any day of the week because yeah. it's just, it, it's. <sighs> that chemistry. It was so yeah, good. Yeah. It's the, it, it, but it, it's, it's, it's the wrestling. I think, yes. it, I think we're so starved for wrestling yes. that when we actually get the good wrestling and I know Mike's a big, big proponent of NXT UK. Um, yes. much like, yes. much like, um, one of our other listeners is a big proponent of Joshi wrestling. Yep, that's a cool thing. Of, that's a cool thing about the people that listen to our podcast is that they are, they listen to our podcast, but they have a, such a, a wide range of, of likes when it comes mm-hmm. to wrestling that, that, that it really adds to the show. That's why we're so happy anytime they send us these questions, but yeah, that yeah. diamond mind Imperium match was fantastic. I, yeah, I totally agree. It was just, it was just so good. And like we said, we love the wrestling part of it. We've said about it. We've talked about it till we're blue in the face too, that 
we appreciate the high flying like spot fest stuff, but we also appreciate the actual wrestling behind mm-hmm. behind it. So yeah, I that was good. I would love to see more of that. Hopefully, we do get to see more of that. Um, funny you mentioned NXT UK because he asked, "Are we getting caught up on a UK?" Which unfortunately, I am not. I I I have to. I'm gonna yeah. make it a point to watch NXT UK. I know my my brother was the one asking about it. He says they're doing some crazy stuff with Mako Satamora and like uh, Blair Davenport having a street fight and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think so she like, like broke her ankle. I think or something or did something to her ankle. Screwed it up. Blair Davenport did. Really, I gotta she's check. She's in I, like a boot. I think what I I didn't see the match, but I saw the instant she like screwed it up. Was she did a um a double stomp onto Satamora on the ring apron, and mm-hmm. then she fell off Satamora onto the floor, and just her ankle ah. just kind of like went the wrong way. Um, Ooh. I didn't watch fully because I didn't want to get like squeamish or anything. But yeah, last I saw, she was in like a cast or like a walking boot, I think, in crutches. So not good. Um, not good. Hopefully, is, she gets better soon. Yeah, and I um I don't know if Mike will like this or not, but I always if I would go back to watch um NXT UK besides Miko Sanamora because again, she's an otherworldly talent. Blair Davenport's good. I honestly want to go back and watch and see what's going on with Isla Dawn because I like Isla Dawn. I was a fan of Isla Dawn before she got signed by NXT and NXT UK. Um I always like tried to pay attention to her on the indies and it's a, I feel terrible that I haven't been able to watch more because it seems like she's really found her uh, footing with like the uh, what seems like the high priestess demonic type of character like the mm. grand high witch kind of thing which fits her so well you just take one look at her and you know she's definitely fully comfortable in what she's doing now so I would definitely go back and see how she's doing because again I love Isla Dawn I'm a big fan I just feel bad that I haven't been able to watch anything yet so yeah, at some point. It's just a weird time. The NXT UK thing is such a weird time because I think it starts at, what, 3 in the afternoon? That's the thing. There, there's no there's no promotion of it. Yeah, they they, they don't not. promote it. And that's the problem. And especially for me, it's, it sucks because I don't get off work till 4, so I'd have to go back and, like, watch it. Right, so, but I mean, yeah. I mean, like, we... They don't care. I mean, if if they promoted the show and promoted some of these matches, yeah. people that can't catch it when it comes out, definitely you'll put it on their DVR. Exactly. Like, it's an afterthought, which is a shame because there's plenty of good wrestlers over on the UK. It's just, yeah. they just don't... It's like, because they're literally in the UK, it's like, they forget that they exist. They need to do a better job of promoting the show. Really one of their that. one of their shows is it's incredible how it doesn't get promoted much. But exactly. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it a point to definitely check out UK and see what they're doing. Well, you, I, you know, know why they haven't made a big deal out of it because who started it? Triple H. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't exist uh, anymore. Remember? So. <laughs> he's a literal ghost, man. He really is. He's taking it's, your. He's taking your streaming gimmick. Yeah, Triple he's taking H my stream. <laughs> oh Jesus man goes. oh um, man it's coming for your gig but i tell you it's a shame like i said it is a shame but no i definitely do want to start um at least slowly trying to get back into it especially with isla dawn stuff i'd love to see what the women are doing because it, from what mike says it seems like they're doing good stuff so i definitely should uh get back into it as well for sure um <laughs> He, I think he asked this one to rile us up again. He said, uh, why Goldberg? Damn the Saudis for wanting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. That, 
That's basically it right there. Really Boom. appreciate it, guys. We don't, <laughs> it's like, why did, nobody wants to see this? Literally, no. Okay. If there's any, again, we always ask this like one question every show. If anybody actually wants to see Roman versus Goldberg, let us know because I I'm, don't I'll know throw, anybody. I'll throw up a poll. And yeah. I'm going to, we'll, we'll have that poll ready for you on next week's show. Because yes. obviously we're going to have to talk about more Elimination Chamber stuff. So, oh, yes. but we'll definitely have that poll up for you guys yes, to check please. out. Um, any more questions? Um, he, I know you had already mentioned how he wanted us to listen to Heyman on After the Bell, which still have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But he asked, does Lesnar win at uh, the Chamber match and then unifies the titles at Mania? I hope not. You're not a big fan of unifying the titles. I don't think so, because instead of having the opportunity to have two top guys, now you only have one. And right. WWE's kind of starved with storylines sometimes anyways, so let but them think have about, stars. But think about the tribal chief on both shows. Well, I think that's the only... Well, and that's the thing, but then when Roman's not the champ anymore, is it going to be as much of an impact if it's somebody else? That's a very good question. <laughs> because... Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns, obviously. He's going to be, like, it's, the star power is going to go wherever he goes, but when he doesn't have the title anymore and is stuck on Raw or SmackDown, what are you going to do then? Very good. Very good point. Very good point. Um, so, Mike, thank you for those questions. We do have a couple more. I'm just going back to grab them again. Um, so, Jeff has a few questions for us. So, Jeff, All thank right. you for your questions. Um <laughs> Funny that we were just talking about this. How can WWE excite fans for the Elimination Chamber? Because so far, blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How can they excite? <laughs> um, um, maybe move it outside of Saudi Arabia, but maybe not put Goldberg in one of the main title pictures. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah, Goldberg is definitely not exciting to me. I mean, I'm, no. and you know what? There could be some people out there, like we always say, if you're a fan of Goldberg, like we've been saying, if you're a fan of this match, let us, us know. Please tell us, let yeah, us please. know. Because we're struggling to find it. Yeah, we really are. Um, honestly, I, <laughs> I feel like Jeff would probably agree with us. I don't really think there is anything they can really do to make us excited for this because... <laughs> Aside from Becky and Lita, that's really it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. all I'm excited for, really, at this point. <laughs> honestly, which is honestly the theme of their premium live events lately, is there's only like <laughs> one or two matches we actually care enough to see. But yeah. Um, <laughs> did we see the Danhausen music video for the Gun Club and what did we think of it? Um, I didn't see it, but... I feel like I need to because... Yeah, I definitely need to. None. You got the... At- Ass Boys and, and Dan Housen in a music video? Because just Dan Housen in general makes me want to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. Um, but Yeah, it's... That would be insane. I, I can't wait till he's cleared to wrestle because I think he's yes. still is feeling the effects of that. Um, break. I think he broke his leg or broke his yeah, ankle. Yeah, I think it was his ankle, foot, something. Lower leg injury, I think. Yeah, he broke it. So he's, he's out of action for a while, but I can't wait till he can get back in the ring and people can see. I feel like Danhausen is a money-making uh, professional wrestler. Well, he's, he wants his money. That's well, yeah, that, that, money. yeah, that's his thing is making money. And I feel like he has a gimmick. He has oh, a yeah. character that is just back up the money truck. Like if oh, I was yeah. to start a wrestling promotion, I would want Dan Housen like right oh, off the bat. Absolutely. Just imagine some of the matches he's going to have when he is fully healed. Exactly. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Um, <laughs> Okay. 
I was hoping someone was going to ask a question about this because I feel like you might have the same uh, opinion I do. Who do you think could be some of the major signings that Tony Khan has been teasing on Twitter? Well, first off, it's kind of convoluted that we needed five tweets to finally understand what he was talking about because he's that taking can't help himself. He's taking the forbidden door thing and making it way more complicated than it has to be because amongst wrestling fans, himself. the forbidden door is. For example, if you work for WWE that is like going to AEW or going to New Japan or Impact or something, the Forbidden Door always meant you're working for one company going to another that usually doesn't, that aren't on good terms with each other or something or something like that. Uh And now Tony's making it sound like, no, the Forbidden Door is someone's walking through AEW's door, signing a contract and slamming the door shut. It's like, that's not the point of the Forbidden Door, but... um. To answer the question of who I think might show up, um, I would love Keith Lee to show up. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be Keith Lee. I'd love Mia Yim to show up. Um, Killer Cross and Scarlet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I would love Nixon Newell. Mm. I think she'd be really good in that. Di- oh, my God. Could you imagine Nixon Newell and Serena Deeb? Oh, that'd be great. Like, I would pay money to see that match. Um, same with that. Mia Yim. Like, Mia Yim can mix it up with anybody on that roster. I'd be like, take my money, please. Um, Athena, hell, she's going to be wrestling Thunder Rosa for, I think, the... Um, oh, what's the title? Um, the Warrior of... It's a Warriors of Wrestling. I think that's the promotion. Uh-huh. I think Thunder Rosa's the champion of it right now. And she issued an open challenge, and Athena answered it, a.k.a. Ember Moon. That match... My God, it's going to be good. So it's sad to say literally anybody WWE's released. I would love to see an AEW. Um, I think the big names would definitely be Killer Cross and Keith, I think. Those would be the two obvious ones, I think. I, th- I think Keith Lee is the one that's oh, going to, that's to gonna, be the one I hope. that's going to come through. I um, hope. <laughs> it's just like you say, I, like you said about the Forbidden Door. I, I feel like... I feel like he just can't help himself. Like no. he said, it doesn't need five tweets. Yeah, if you had to have that many just to figure out what we were even what was even going on. It's too much. It's too much, buddy. So Tony- bas- yeah, so basically I think the gist of it is there is a free agent that is signing with AEW and they are wrestling next week on Dynamite against Isaiah Cassie for a spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match. I think that's literally what it is. We could have, we could, that could have been put together in one tweet. No problem. Literally could have said that once, but whatever. Um, God. Um, but yes, I do think it hopefully is going to be Keller Cross or Keith Lee. I would be perfectly happy with either of them. I hope they do sign some of the women because I think that would just add to their division as it's just getting better. Um, there are actually two things, not really questions. First thing is Jeff actually has a podcast that is out now. And mm-hmm. we have awesome. shared um, is all about Joshi wrestling. I think he, um, if I remember correctly, talks more about Tokyo Joshi pro wrestling and stardom. I think he he's recapping those and just talking about Joshi wrestling in general. So nice. That's everybody awesome. go follow. I think we, we did share it on our page. I'm pretty sure we did. It's for the love of Joshi. I know we, as we know, he absolutely is extremely passionate about Joshi wrestling. So everybody go follow it. Please tell him uh, we sent you. I'm sure he would appreciate it just as much as we would. And speaking of the Joshis, he um, kindly asked 
that we would do a tiny brag on his behalf for the stardom tag team champions of uh, Hazuki and Koguma. Again, I hope I said that right. I always feel bad because I hope that I don't completely butcher their names. <laughs> was the um, They were named the number one tag team in the world this week on the PWI ranking system, beating Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, actually. Nice. So shout out to Hazuki and Koguma for being the top tag team in the world, which is that impressive, impressive as it is. Because there are some really good tag teams out there. And so for, for sure. the Joshis to make it number one on the list this week was, I, I would say, is a big deal. So congrats to them. I'm sure it was well earned. And I'm, I'm just I'm just stoked that he started his own podcast. Yeah, like he's been talking to me about it for a while. And he just started, like I said, the first episode just came out a little bit ago. So everyone go get it. For the love of Joshi, go listen to it. If you're a fan or just want to learn more, because... If there's anybody you could learn about Joshi wrestling from, it would definitely be Jeff. I would say That's we give awesome. it we give it the ringside rundown stamp of approval. Definitely for so, sure. I'm gonna go I'm gonna it. definitely check it out and uh, check out his podcast because I always like to learn. Like, and I keep saying it. I said it all the time about Joshi wrestling. It's it's for me. It's like why don't I watch this? This is kind yeah. of the wrestling that I like to watch. It's hard hitting. The women go at it, you know, and it's intense and it's fun to watch. So. I'm I'm stoked that he started his own podcast. Exactly. So everyone go listen to it because we said so. Um, and because it's just good anyway. So <laughs> yes, go do that. And I actually think that is it. I think when the questions are gone, we've answered all the questions. We've yelled about all the things as we do. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode. An- another fantastic episode. I was worried. I was like, because I was really struggling yeah. to try to retain WWE in my brain. It's it wasn't. It, it's 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 really tough. So you know, I'm glad to be able to get to get through this with you. And we had a really good episode. And I'm excited to see what we're gonna do because WrestleMania is coming up. So you know, we got to do it big. Yeah. We got. Two nights of WrestleMania. Aren't you excited about that? Uh, I'm going to need a nap, but yes. <laughs> I'm, I am glad that it's two. I will say, though, I'm glad that they are like starting to do not only two nights of WrestleMania, because one night of WrestleMania was just too much. Remember when it was like seven hours long? Oh, yeah. That was, that was a mess. But I also like that they are starting to, at least it seems like they are, moving the premium live events to Saturdays. Yes. Because it's like, thank God, now I don't have to stay up until 11.30 midnight to watch the show, to get up at 5.45 the next morning for work. So I appreciate that. It's nice. It makes me, lets me sleep in on Sundays. But yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about here on the Ringside Rundown podcast. So it's up to you, if you're listening to this episode right now, to help us out. And by helping us out, what we mean is subscribing to the podcast. It's available all across the internet. Wherever you listen to your podcast, all you got to do is search Ringside Rundown. It's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you listen to your podcast. If you can't find it on your podcast app, just find us on Twitter at Ringside Rundown, and we will definitely get you a link to where you can listen to the podcast and check it out. We're so excited. Every episode, we get new people coming in. And it's just a joy to do this podcast with you, Shay, yes, and uh, and make make friends. We have like our own little clique of friends, yeah. like Je- Jeff and and Mike and your mom and everything like that. They get yeah, Jack to, too, to be, Jack too, who get yeah. to be a part of the show. So we want more of you guys to be a part of the show. Yes. Like we said, check check out the podcast, hit subscribe, 
But also through Anchor FM, we have a voicemail set up. So all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash ringside rundown slash messages and you can leave us a voicemail telling us your thoughts and opinions on wrestling. Or if you have a question that you want us to answer, that voicemail feature is open for you guys to use at any point in time you wish to do so. So thank you very much for being a part of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for lending your expertise to the show. Yeah, we we always appreciate it. And yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that we started this like what last June? I think. Yeah. And it 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 always blows my mind how quickly we just kind of like hit it off because we've said it before, but for people who have listened who haven't listened until like today, the first time we ever met each other was literally as we're recording the first episode. Like there was no there was no getting to know each other. It's just like okay, here you guys go, hit the record button, whatever. So it easily could have been an absolute disaster from the start. But I feel like once we started talking about how much we loved uh, like Malachi Black and Ruby Riot and all of them, it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're fine. This is, yeah, this is fine. We, we found out we were two peas in the same pod. We really are. It's, it's insane. It's insane how on the same wavelength we actually are about things. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. So join in on the fun. Check us out. Hit that subscribe button. We're available every week. Every weekend we do an episode for you guys, so check it out. Share it amongst your wrestling friends and be a part be a part of the show. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any thoughts and opinions on wrestling so we can discuss on the show. That way, whenever I have the brain rot where I can't yeah. remember WWE, we have something <laughs> yeah. interesting to talk about. Exactly. Like, whenever we don't have to it, whenever it's not painful to cover WWE, it's ugh. We got uh, it. We get through it though. We Slowly get through but surely. It. We get through it, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Ringside Rundown. For Shea Hickson, my name is Eric Vasquez, and we shall see you next week. See you next week, guys.